1: What would your life be like if your voice was on a billion iPhones? A billion with a B. Well, that's the life for Karen Jacobson, the voice of Siri, the uh, GPS girl who has her uh, voice on every one of these GPS phones and telling us all where to go. So if somebody's bothering you, telling you where to go, it's probably Karen. Karen, welcome to the show. How are you?
2: Hello, how are you?
1: Hey, so what's it like telling, um, hundreds of millions of men what to do every single day? How's that?
2: Oh, it's, it's very good. I mean, I have been called the only woman men will take directions from. Uh, I, think, I think it's a, it's a bit of fun, you know, what an unexpected development in my singer songwriter career.
1: Hey, listen, we'll, we'll get into that in a second, but first just finishing on this little, little bit of humor. Um, Does your husband take direction from you, by the way?
0: (laughs) Uh,
2: You know, we have this deal when we're in the U.S., he does most of the driving. And when we're in a country that drives on the other side of the road, like Australia, I do the driving. So yes, he <laughs> does. He does take direction.
1: Listen, if he didn't take direction from you, that would really, uh, bode badly for the rest of us men who have to listen to you uh, every single day. So, or right. get to listen to you every single day. So, well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to have you. Uh, thanks for, uh, for joining us. You know, what, what we want to understand you, uh, have parlayed, the concept of, uh, you know, putting your voice, uh, you know, being the voice behind the, the GPS system. And I want to find out exactly what it is that you do. Cause I know that you're in, you're in different capacities on these different phones, but you've parlayed that into a magnificent career, uh, with no help from Apple, by the way. I mean, they, they actually didn't help you at all from what I understand. So I want to understand it. We want to get the inside track on how did you parlay one success into lots and lots of other things? So well, that's where we're going to go.
2: Awesome. So back in 2002, I had an audition and I got the job, ended up recording for 50 hours. And that voice system ended up now in over a billion GPS devices, smartphones, elevators, cruise ships, software applications around the world, telling people where to go and what to do. And at the time it happened, I mean, it was 2002. I I did the recording. It wasn't until 2000 and five, I got a phone call from a friend and discovered my voice was actually out there in the world in devices.
1: So when you, when you recorded this, you had no idea what the purpose was.
2: I really wasn't clear at the time I recorded it. GPS technology wasn't used in everyday life. It was used by the military, but that was it. So we didn't even know what that was. So I recorded the voice system and they gave me some kind of, you know, idea that it was going to be used, you know, similar to at the time there were telephone systems and that this was going to be used in other ways and no one really knew. So it, it a few years later uh, when it was people discovered that it was my voice directing them in their GPS in their car. They would get very, very excited when they would meet me and they'd want to tell me about all the trips we'd taken together. So there was this (laughs) familiarity between people who's, who were using my voice in their GPS uh, and meeting me in person. They humanized that relationship they had with the the voice of the device in the car. And, this happened over and over again, over a period of years. Now, this, it, this took a lot longer than you might think, because it was not until about 2008, 2007, 2008, which is five to six years later, that I was really getting a lot of uh, attention and uh, media interviews for quite major publications about my voice being in GPS devices. And at that time, I was probably in around twenty-five million devices. Not now,
1: very. Were the, were the devices was it, was it domestic or, or were they in Australia or, or where where were no, the phones?
2: Internationally, and the one that I knew about most was the Garmin GPS. I knew that I was the Garmin GPS, and I had this idea that I would could be the Garmin girl and have a you know work directly with them to work at events and uh, speak and, and be a, you know, a product ambassador for Garmin. And I thought this was a really good idea and approached them, but it just didn't end up going where I thought it would naturally be an amazing fit for them, let alone for me. And they, you know, we had a number of calls. I did do one event for them, but it just didn't go where, as I said, I thought, it would or could or should and then we got get to 2009 and I went back to Australia for a period of time and when I was there I discovered my voice was not only in the Garmin it was in the Navman and the TomTom Tom and the Mio so when I realized my voice was in multiple GPS devices as well as being used in hotel systems and elevator, like other places that it started to pop up I realised, hang on a minute, why am I hanging my hopes on one company? Which it, when it wasn't going anywhere and I literally zoomed out myself to the satellite view and thought, hang on, there is a brand to create. And why I felt there was something to create and something in it was because of the uh, extreme connection people felt with me uh, humanising the voice that they had a daily relationship with. So that to me was the clue and the clues kept on coming. I, and I talk about this, you know, look around in your life and in your business. And what are these clues? What are the things you're hearing over and over and over again? And if you're ignoring them, you may well be missing the opportunity of your lifetime.
1: Let me, so let me ask you, okay, we'll, we'll talk about how that parlay happened because it's, it's remarkable. Were you ever mad that you didn't get the right kind of deal when you first did the recording? I mean, I mean, you know, cause that, that could have been a problem, you know?
2: I didn't let myself be mad for a long time. I am an, op- an extremely optimistic uh, solution oriented possibility thinking person. Um, I've had my moments of being pretty mad.
1: So, so you felt like you may maybe were cheated or misled. I mean, is that what you felt? I mean, what, what was going on for you?
2: Um, I felt like I was the post-child of artist exploitation.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and I, I, of course I signed an agreement, of course, but I, it's, you know, really? <laughs> it's Okay.
1: Yeah. They, they really, you know, listen, they, um, uh,
2: they got a great deal.
1: But but who knows who knows if they knew at that time what it was going to be. But but you know it, but it, it it's how it turned out. So listen, you, you could have been all bent out of shape. Uh, you didn't get bent out of shape, and instead you picked up your uh, your toys and you and you went to play the game somewhere else. And and so uh, right, I mean that ultimately you know you yeah. got over and that,
2: it. And that's the that's the piece I think that is one of the most interesting pieces of of this journey for me is that. I will stop and go. Well, what what can I make out of this? What can I create from this? It didn't go how I would like it to have gone on a number of fronts. But now here here's where we are. What am I going to make? What what? How am I gonna, going to going um, to to really make the most of it?
1: You know, one of the things uh, this this uh, this show is always about uh, the inside track. How do you get the inside track to somewhere? Uh, that that you want to go, and and I really believe that there are many people who are in the inside track, and everybody else is uh, kind of floating around. Who knows where they are? But what I just heard you say is really one of the keys to getting on the inside track, which is asking a question like, "All right, look, here's where we are. And what are we going to do about it now?"
2: Exactly. And, and
1: when when you ask that kind of question, it positions you and it opens your mind to a good answer. Did you ask that question only of yourself, like when you were sitting quietly, or did you ask other people? Hey, look! This happened to me, and and what can I do about it? Did you involve other people in the discussion?
2: I did. I had a number of conversations with trusted uh, business colleagues and people in my personal life, and I was really in an inquiry: like, what can I make of this? What can I? What can I do? What is going to be of interest to? Uh, how can I? Um, how can I? Are three of my favorite words. How can I move this forward? And what? What ultimately uh, came to me is that there was a brand to create a brand and an entity separate to me as a person and as a performer and singer songwriter uh, full time up until that point, it had been about me, the artist, but this was different. This was, this was, the message was there's, there's a separate entity, a brand to create.
1: You know, what's so funny about this is that, you know, your, your path was singer songwriter, and then the universe picks you up and moves you to a totally different place where the brand was going to be something completely different than it sounds like you had ever imagined it might be. I mean, it seems like you had one plan and the world kind of moved you to another place for a different plan. Completely. And how, so how did you stay open-minded to that possibility?
2: It just, um, look, it just, as it unfolded, I, I don't want to. I, I know this is a, a serious business outcome podcast, but I also will share my experience of what felt right. You know, you're you're getting me- these messages and clues from people, and and this excitement, and you know, there. I knew there was something there, and despite it being completely unexpected, despite it being a a, a potential industry very separate from what I was doing. I felt like I was being carried in that direction and I kept feeling like this was right, even though it made no sense to me.
1: Well, you know, uh, listen, uh, the very best business people, I don't care how much data, I don't care how much information, I don't care how much research at the end of the day, the very best business people are very intuitive people. Right. And, and so, you know, and that's the funny thing is that, you know, at the highest level of business, uh, it's not so much about business. It becomes more about people. And one of the things that, you know, listen, I'm in the money business and you know, people always think I talk about money a lot, uh, you know, capital, money, raising money, profit, you know, all the things that make businesses work. But at the end of the day, business isn't about money at all. Business is about people and people make money. And right. that's the most important part of being on the inside track to understand is that it's about people. And, and, you know, when you finally have great control of yourself, then that's really when you start getting going. So uh, I think this is so fascinating. That you were able to make a such a hard left turn and, and move into another area, and really recognize uh, without without you know taking a lot of baggage with you about being upset and all sorts of things that other people might be and wanting to call a lawyer and sue and scream and yell that you just worked on the positive side of uh, of turning it into something great, and that yeah. that's a great accomplishment.
2: Well, thank you. I at that time I was really in the inquiry of what is this going to be and I have some major passions, music clearly, and another is travel. So when I was developing this, as a, I knew I was going to develop a brand and realized, oh my goodness, I could, have, I could be the GPS girl. I don't need to be the Garmin girl, the GPS girl. And I spoke to a trademark lawyer who discovered, yes, I could trademark the GPS girl. I'm like, phenomenal. And I thought, well, this is going to be a travel brand and I'm going to tie in my love of travel. And I was doing a lot of study and developing of myself at that time and was reading about how there were, there are people who will say, well, you know, I'm going to run, I'm going to do this business, but then once that's successful, what I really want to do is that business. And I was asking myself this question of, you know, so, so I thought to myself, okay, once the travel brand is up and running, I'm then what I'm ultimately going to do is make it an empowerment brand. And I'm going to speak, I'm going to share, share a message. I'm going to share my story. I'm going to help people, um, you know, really create lives that they are and businesses that they're excited about and be, be motivational in my way of doing that. And then I got, when I realized, Oh, uh, I'm going to do that thing of work on another part of the business on the way to the real business I want to run. And I interrupted myself right there and was like, okay, no, I'm going to, this is what's right I'm going to meld my life lifelong love of personal and professional development with this opportunity, with the analogy of the GPS. And that is what the brand, the GPS school is going to be. It's an empowerment brand. And I had a vision for it. I had a crystal clear vision. I'm going to write books. I'm going to speak. I am going to get this message out in the world to help people navigate, navigate change and get to their destination of their dreams.
1: So did those things happen?
2: Many of those things happened and are still underway. Yes.
1: So fast forward uh, some years till till now. What do you what are you mostly doing now?
2: I speak at conferences as an opening and closing speaker at national and international events and I speak about navigating change powerfully and I share my story of how I have navigated my way and recalculated my way through chronic anxiety and financial disaster and creating a business in two different countries and uh, how to maintain quality of life as a result. So that is one of the things I do. I host mastermind retreats for smart women who are interested in creating a life they love and uh, a business worth building. So I do those as small group events and I am still performing and as a songwriter creating new works uh performing concerts uh do voiceover work a lot of different things in the entertainment uh realm as well as the the realm of this motivational empowerment brand
1: you know you're you're really uh, quite a quite a remarkable uh, prototype of a turnaround you know i mean you've turned one thing into another thing and you just have really uh, done a remarkable job in that area, which is just quite extraordinary. You know, one of the things that strikes me, uh, I know that you're, a, you know, a well-known international speaker. You speak all over the country, all over the world, you know, the country too, but, uh, but you speak all over the world. And I know that you get a lot of media when you, when you go to other countries. Uh, one of the things I notice about you is that you do a lot of press. So could you tell us, how, how is it, do you have an agent that gets you all this press? I mean, how is it that that you're in the media and you get so much press and the the things that you do?
2: I worked with some professionals along the way, but I have to say a number of the largest placements I've had have been as a result of my own direct relationships. You know, there are some phenomenal PR people out there and agents to work with, but a lot of my business model and my strategy has been around my own personal relationships. And I will ask people who knows someone who does X, Y, or Z, even when I'm traveling. And if I'm going to speak or uh, perform in another location, I will reach out to the person who has booked me, the decision maker or other people I know in that area and ask, and who might you know in the media i've also done the the very basic uh, taken the very basic action of going directly to media uh whether it be through social media or online and calling or emailing or messaging uh, journalists directly and i've had a tremendous amount of success with that approach now not everybody wants to do that or does do that but you asked me how I've done it. And yeah. that's been a lot of the way I've done things. I got on some of the biggest shows in the world from, you know, really incredibly fortunate connections.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very fascinating story because it, um, I mean, the story's got hope, you know, regular people have hope that they, you know, I mean, I, the funny thing is the, the thing that I notice is that what happened to you, I mean, it happens to everybody a little, in other words, some fortuitous thing happened to you, but you did a better job of leveraging or parlaying that into something big than, than other people. I would say most of us have had some extraordinary thing happen. We may just not, we may discount it. We may not look at it as extraordinary. We may not think it's that great or whatever it is, but uh, that's what I noticed about you.
2: It doesn't always look the way we think it's going to or supposed to. And I think you're, I think what you've said is spot on. Uh, and, and, if someone is listening and is interested in making that inquiry inquiry for themselves, I would recommend uh, having conversations with some of the people around you. And I've done a tremendous amount of that kind of work also where I have spoken with colleagues and really had conversations around what turning points have been for me and sharing that back and forth and finding that other people are sometimes your best reflection in what has been a major uh, turning point for you or your number one skill that you don't even realize is your unique selling, your unique selling proposition. Other people can tell you that in a second. And sometimes we aren't even clear about that ourselves.
1: Listen, for the the inside track, this is the inside track for sure. And that is uh, most of us can't see what our skills are. We can't see what our uh, you know, what, what our things are. We kind of know what we like, but we don't necessarily know a lot of other things that are external that other people recognize. And, and if sometimes, you know these other people as a sounding board, uh, you're going to miss out on a lot of important cues.
2: And we don't always want to hear what they have to tell us. And I think that's what is in the way from many people not, uh, not even asking because we don't want the bad news that actually... I see you as, uh, you know, somebody who's out speaking instead of always singing. Well, that's not necessarily bad news to me, but it's not what I expected. And I happen to absolutely love it and feel so happy with the impact and the purpose of my life and the the bigger vision of what I'm able to do through speaking and singing and having a message. But it's not necessarily how I initially would have seen it or, or designed it for myself in the first place.
1: You know, you said you run these retreats and these coaching uh, programs and different things. What you're really talking about are, is people have to be open to feedback, and, and you know, and and getting feedback from other people. Do you find that uh, you know most people are open to feedback, or are the are the most successful people more open to feedback? What, yeah, uh, do you think there's a pattern there?
2: It's a mixed bag. I think that that's what i do is i am i work with people who are interested in accomplishing something creating a life uh, that has something more in some area than it does right now and it absolutely requires being open to listening and it's a it's a special or a rare case that somebody is that way i think that many many of us go through periods of our lives where we are we're just, we're overwhelmed. We're overstimulated. We are over medicated. We are undernourished. We are just surviving life, but there is another way. And I think when that glimmer opens for people and they realize that there are, that they are actually the people who get to choose how they create their lives and that they can create their lives, that, that opens a, a pathway to a lot of exciting work that can happen. And it takes work. It's not just, oh, I'm going to create a life I love and then wake up every morning and wait for it to happen. There are certain pieces to uh, and and certain effort to put in. Um, but I love to work with people who are interested in something something more and and interested in that discovery process. And then my expertise is really helping people create a pathway to that. And I, it's the best fun ever to help people create exactly what they want.
1: Well, it's it's funny that you create a pathway because you're. Uh you're known for creating uh, you know, maps of things to uh to destinations, I guess, right? Isn't that the thing? So that's listen, right. listen, as we get ready to wind up, you know, just prove to everybody that you're really who you say you are. Give us a little a little sound bite. And that
2: I sure can... will. I sure will. Joel, we'll thank you for having me. And you have reached your destination.
1: <laughs> listen, that's that's always funny to me. So well, listen, Karen, thank you so much. This was uh, this was a pleasure. Uh, your 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 turnaround, your 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 openness to uh, coaching and kind of looking at what the world had to uh, had to say to you is uh, it's remarkable that you uh, did such a great job. And the way you've leveraged and parlayed that into something that's spectacular is a lesson for all of us about how to take the inside track. So thanks very much for being with us. Thank you. You've been listening to Profit from the Inside with Joe Block. Strategies to give your business the
2: inside track. For more insights and to learn more, visit
0: joelblock.com. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.